All right. I think we're about ready to start here. I'm still ringing. Yeah, I don't know what I need to do. Do I need to push this microphone down lower? Okay. Leave it there. Okay. All right. How you guys doing? Good? Uh, just a couple announcements this morning. Um, first announcement is the we have voter guides. So uh, voting is coming up in November. And... Um, we have the voter guides for Pennsylvania only. They're out in the foyer. They're on the pillar, right in the center of the foyer, as well as the console table right by the bathrooms that are right over here. Uh, feel free to grab one or as many as you want. Um, we have plenty more if you want to take some and give them to people so they can go through. It lists all the different candidates for um, what's going on in, uh, for candidates in Pennsylvania, and then it asks a bunch of different questions to all the candidates, and then it just tells you their responses with yeses and nos. And so they are very helpful, so I encourage you to grab one and uh, check it out as you prepare for voting, and also pray for the Lord's will to be done and the right people get in office in our state. And then, amen. And then um, the other announcement is we have Breakthrough Weekend coming up, and that break, Breakthrough Weekend is going to be, uh, we had one last year. It's like a conference. It's going to be held up at Erie first. And um, our church, uh, New Beginnings with Pastor Matt Friend and um, Erie First with Pastor Nicole Shriver, we are kind of like the three key churches that are um, like kind of making it happen. But a lot of other churches are involved and come out. So um, this will be November 11th through 12th. And I encourage all of us to check it out. It's $20 per person. I don't know. Do they have like a family deal or anything like that? 30 Okay, yeah. So check that out. We do have a video to watch. So I'll let us watch that video. So um, we have these little cards, like postcard size uh, advertisements, I guess, uh, right on the back table here. Feel free to grab some and uh, register, give them out to friends. And um, I'm, not, I'm very excited about this. I didn't get to go last year because, like, I got COVID and then broke my leg, like, literally before it happened. And so I didn't go. I probably could have pushed through, but, you know, I was, like, acting like a little baby maybe a little bit, but it also hurt really bad. So anyways, neither here nor there. Uh, check this out. I am very excited for uh, Breakthrough Weekend, but also just for the uh, desire for churches to be unified in the body of Christ, um, especially in Erie. Um, I know that we cannot accomplish the mission that God has given us, the Great Commission, um, anywhere in any town unless the body of Christ is unified and uh, working together. We might have some uh, theological differences in some ways, but you know, many churches, we might have some little things, but we can rally around the name of Jesus and that we are saved uh, through him, through Jesus alone. And so we need to work together to do that. Um, something that the Lord impressed upon me, which I've shared with some of you, I might have shared it up here, but uh, at the peninsula one day, earlier this year, 
I was just looking over the bay at Erie, and the Lord just dropped the word out of nowhere, just city of refuge. And I really believe that he wants to make Erie a city of refuge in these days and uh, a place where people um, from other towns and cities and states will see what the Lord is doing in this place, and it will be a place of refuge for them to find the hope of Jesus and find peace and rest and unity in the body of Christ here. And so just keep that all in prayer. Uh, Keep unity for the body of Christ in prayer, and definitely check this Breakthrough Weekend out, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Offering. I didn't have time to prepare a scripture for offering this morning, but let's pray for our offering and, um, yeah, just seek the Lord for his blessing. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, um, <clears throat> for what you're doing in Erie, Lord, and we just ask a blessing upon uh, this breakthrough weekend, Lord, that there would be uh, just a strong desire and hunger for us, in us, Lord, to see unity in the body of Christ and that you would just begin to knit our hearts together with other churches who are like-minded, seeking your face, Lord. And uh, we just ask you for blessing upon that. We also ask you to bless all the tithes and offerings that were given, that are given, Lord God, this morning and during this week, Father. We ask your blessing upon them. Multiply them for your, your, your use, just as you multiplied the loaves and the fish, Father God. And I ask a blessing upon each person here that all of us would know you intimately as our provider, that you are our provider. Our job is not our provider. People are not our provider. Father, you, as our dad, are our provider. And we take rest in knowing that you know every need that we have before we need it. And, you know, every time we're going to ask for something before we even ask it. And so we take rest and uh, set our trust on you as our provider. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, I got word this morning at 9 o'clock that I would be speaking. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I um, started working on a message because Pastor uh, Jason did, uh, he anticipated this happening, but not so soon, and so, or last minute. Um, but I did write, uh, God did give me some things to talk about that I had been writing down, and I tried, and Actually, on Friday, I, I got like five points um, that I wanted to share. And so we're talking about the believer's authority. And um, Paul, if you could put up uh, the, key, uh, the key verse of Matthew 28. I think that's what we're pulling from. Or maybe the first verse on Pastor Jason's notes. Sorry, guys, last minute here. I didn't put it in my notes, so. No? Okay. I'll go get it real quick here. <clears throat> I have my laptop, guys, so I can just be like, oh, search the Bible, potentially. Uh, Matthew 28, um, <clears throat> verse 18 through 20. I think this is what it is. No, that's not it. Was it Mark? Yeah, do Mark. That's the other Great Commission. 16. Mark 16, 17, and 18. It says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, and they will speak with new tongues. And they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. 
They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And so Pastor Jason just felt led that, he, that the Lord was leading us to begin talking about the believer's authority. And, you know, Jesus gave clear uh, things that we would be able to do with his authority. And um, what was, can you put up the definition of authority on there? Authority is delegated power, the right to command and to enforce obedience. So Jesus was given all authority, and then he gave us authority, delegated power, the right to command and to enforce obedience. And so he gave us the authority over, not people, but over all the works of the enemy, all the works that Satan tries to bring against us. He has given us authority, uh, his authority in his name. And uh, can you put up power? I think there's a definition of power up there. It's the ability to act or produce in its strength. The Lord has given us his power to be able to go and produce uh, the fruits that the Lord has, uh, that, the, that we see Jesus performing, and uh, to produce the miracles, the signs, and the wonders through his name that would lead people to him. And so uh, authority is, the believer's authority is super uh, important. It's something that we don't always focus on. How many of you go through life and you just kind of get depressed and then you feel like weak and powerless? Has anyone, anyone ever felt powerless? Yeah, I think we all have, right? And it's so important to remember the authority that the Lord has given us, and, and it's not a small power. I mean, when Jesus said that, told the disciples, I want you to go wait in Jerusalem, and they went into that upper room, and he said, I want you to wait for power, and that word power in the Greek is, or in the Hebrew, sorry, is, you know, dunamis power. It's the word you the word that dynamite comes from. It's power, like very strong power. And Jesus, he gave us that power, and it, it wasn't like, it cost him his life. You know what I mean? It, it was, it's not a small thing. This power that we have, this authority that he's given us on this earth is not a small thing. It is the power through which uh, we will see the world be changed and see people's lives be changed. And so... Um, as I was processing the believer's authority and just what the Lord might want to say, um, the thing that came to mind quickly was um, the word love. Love. And when I would study uh, and look at Jesus and when he would, how he ministered, you know, he never flaunted his authority. He never just walked around, just did things willy-nilly, you know, like saying, hey, look at me, I got power. It had nothing to do with that. All of his, the, the authority that Jesus had was always rooted in love. It was always rooted in love. Paul, the way I did the notes this morning, last minute, you'll just kind of have to, you know, follow me. I don't know exactly the points I'm going to make here. Um, but Jesus always operated in a spirit of love. Um, so some verses. Let's start with this. Uh, we'll start with John 3.16. You know, the Father, it says, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. It was because God loved us that he sent Jesus. Amen? 
And Jesus always did everything in love. Um, let's go with Matthew 9, 35 through 36. Can I give you that one, Paul? Yep. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. It says verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. You know, Jesus was always, when you read through, he's always moved with compassion. And it was his compassion that caused him to want to go and help people and love people. He always cared about people's lives. The first and foremost, it was the love that motivated all of his miracles. Um, let's do Luke 7, 11 through 15. It says, now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain and many of the disciples went with him in a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he touched and then he came and touched the, the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he, and he presented him to his mother. You know, Jesus had compassion. He saw this woman, this mother, weeping in sorrow and grief, and his heart was filled with compassion, and it moved him to go and raise this uh, young man from the dead. Um, other verses here, Mark ten twenty one. Uh, then Jesus looking at him, I think this is uh, the rich young ruler. He says, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up your cross and follow me. Um, he loved this rich young ruler and wanted to give him the uh, key to how do I follow him? And so Jesus, Jesus always operated in love so perfectly because he is love, right? God is love. But he always knew how to talk to somebody and give them the word that they needed, whether it was a, a word of just encouragement and uh, just coming at him like very softly and gently, or he, knew it, or he knew exactly how to present love in a way where he could come directly at the person and tell them, this is what you need to do and just tell them very directly. And it might, and it says the rich young ruler, he went away sorrowful. But the Lord knew he was going to go away sorrowful, but he knew that the word that he was about to give him was going to begin to produce life and really make him think and convict his heart. Jesus was perfect at this. Uh, Jesus always loved. John eleven five. 5. Um, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And then John eleven thirty six, when he's going to perform this miracle and raise Lazarus from the dead, he says, uh, it says, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. You know, Jesus went and loved Lazarus and said, you know, I'm going to raise him from the dead. It was the love that he had. And he also, the Lord also, Jesus also was led by the Holy Spirit to know um, the miracle, some of the miracles that he would be performing at the, in those certain moments. Um, John 13, 1. Just, I like went through the uh, earlier this week just look, looking for passages here. It says, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour 
had come and that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Like Jesus' love, he, he just always loved. He loved people perfectly and he was always moved. It was his love that caused him, that, not caused, but uh, stirred him to lay down his life for us. It was his love that did it. Another one, Matthew 14, 10 through 14. I read this in a couple messages before, but you know, John the Baptist is beheaded, so here's what it says. So um, he sent and had John, the King Herod had John beheaded in prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. Verse 12, then his disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to to a deserted place by himself. And when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. And he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. I mean, his love is so deep and so big and so wide that he was willing to, at that moment when his cousin was beheaded and the one who prepared the way for Jesus to come um, into Israel and to the Jews, he was killed you know, he shouldn't have been killed, but he was killed uh, unrighteously. And Jesus had every right to go and be by himself. Would you agree? Yes. But then his love was, the love of the Father in him, his love, the Father, the, the, the love the Father had for him and his love for the Father was so deep and so strong that when he saw people, these crowd of people still following him in this moment, he was able to, with compassion, put aside his grief and all of that for a moment and be able to love them and heal them and preach to them and teach them. And then from there, you actually see like the feeding of the 5,000. That's where that takes place. All of that happens because of his compassion, because his love. Love was the key, was the foundation for the spiritual, for the authority that he had. And it's also the key that, uh, to our uh, believer's authority is our love, our ability to love like him and be stirred in our hearts to care for the people around us. And um, one of the, well, <clears throat> Galatians 5, 6 says this, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. This is a super, super key point because a lot of times we go through life, I go through life, and you know, I'm believing God for something and believe I'm act, operating in faith and I won't see something happen. I won't see it come to pass. And I have to go back to Galatians 5 and 6 and really judge myself in that moment and say, was what I, was what I was believing for motivated what, what, what was the motivation? Was it motivated by love? Because faith works through love. It works by love. If our love is lacking, our faith is going to lack as well. Amen? We have to stay in this love. And so the key, one, I think the key point I wanted to make, um, when we were at the conference, the One Focus conference, the last uh, message that we, uh, was the last session, um, Pastor Eunice uh, uh, church in has a church in California, and um, 
She talked about prayer, and she said, awakened love awakens prayer. When we love, when we have this deep love of God inside of us, it, it awakens our hunger and our desire to pray and to talk with the Father and to be with him and to pray for others and to care about their lives. And so as I was thinking about this this week, the Lord just said, awakened love awakens the believer's authority. And that's really the key point I want to make this morning is that awakened love awakens the believer's authority. If Jesus, if Jesus had to be, was motivated by love and that's what motivated him to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to cast out demons, to preach, to teach, to uh, go through the persecution and the death that he went through for us, how much more do we need that love? And how do we awaken the love? It's, it's clear that we must walk in that love. And walking in love is not easy, is it? Especially when you drive. I always, you always go back to driving, but it's just so true. I mean, I had a guy uh, yesterday, uh, was it yesterday, two days ago. I'm coming up Peninsula from like 26th Street. And, you know, it's like two lanes and the right lane, uh, they go into one. So, like, I'm not living the spiritual disciplines of abstinence. And I'm like, there's a guy here. I'm like, I'm getting around that guy. And I'm like, when I go past him. I didn't cut him off. I mean, I, I was going way fast enough to get past him without making him feel bad. So, but then, all of a sudden, I see uh, this first road. There's a stop sign, you know, a perpendicular. And this car, he does not even consider the stop sign at all. He just flies out and goes right onto uh, onto um, uh, Steratania Road there, and oh, I was mad. Uh, he like basically cut me off. I'm like, dude, now I have to slow down. God forbid. And I honked my horn at him, and then he honked his horn. I'm like, why are you honking your horn? Your horn's in front of your car. I'm behind you. I can't even barely hear it, but I did hear it, and then I honked again. I didn't walk in love, guys. I didn't. I had to apologize. I mean, I had to repent to the Lord while I was driving, like, I need to slow down here. There's no reason for this. But it's not easy, you know? We have people in our families that are crazy. Yes? No? Maybe so? That are hard to love? Um, yeah, just you might be... I'm not married right now, so... But for married couples, you know, it's really easy to, like, stop walking in love. You know, they might say one thing, and it just might trigger you, and then, oh, you're getting a fight, and you're like... Man, then you gotta repent, then you gotta ask forgiveness, and it's just like, oh, this whole thing. It's like, why can't we just always walk in love? It's hard. Walking in love is hard. And, you know, if we wanna walk in this believer's authority and in this love, this love that Jesus had, and actually see more miracles take place and see uh, just people's lives transformed, it, it, it has to be through love. You know, Jesus told his disciples, they will know you by your love. But what does that also mean? They will know you by your lack of love. All right? I mean, it works both ways. We can walk without love and no one would know the difference if we're a Christian or not and think that we're jerks. Or we can walk in love and people will say, you know, there is something different about you. I, I want what you have. I know my own grandma, my mom uh, got saved when she was 18 and no one else in, our, in her family had gotten saved, and we moved here in 87 uh, to be near her parents, my grandma and grandpa, and 
um, it was after a few years that we moved here that my grandma, I remember my mom saying, like, my grandma came to our house one day and she was just, like, really sensing, like, the need for God. And she came to my mom and said, you know, there's something different about you and I want what you have. And it was the love that of the, of the Lord in my mom. And my, my grandma, it caused my grandma to get saved right there. My mom led my grandma to the Lord, and uh, she started going to church. She uh, quit smoking. Um, she began leading the kids in their, in, their, in their little church and had a kids' choir. Like, the love of God that she saw in my mom led her to the Lord, and that love transformed her, and then she was able to then share the love with uh, you know, children and others, and it transformed them. And so, you know, the greatest miracle, we all want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, but truly the greatest miracle that we could ever see is people coming to know Jesus. I mean, that's it, you know? Number one, people coming to know Jesus is the miracle of all miracles. Seeing somebody go from death to life spiritually is it. That is, that is what we are looking for. Every sign and wonder that the, you know, walking on serpents and raising the dead. It's not so that way we can be like, oh, God's real, or like, you know, make us feel better. Like, oh, finally, you know, I'm super Christian now. I'm, I'm perfect or something. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. Everything that Jesus did, all the signs, all the wonders, all the miracles was because he loved people and he wanted them to know his dad and be alive forever with him. And so that is what we should also long for at every moment, and I'm working on this. This is not me talking to you. This is me talking to us and working on this together. The more unified we are in the love of God, in the Holy Spirit, the more we will see people come to know Jesus in our everyday lives. And that is how the church is grown. Yes, people may drive by, come in, and see, and check out the church, and I really like it here, and they may stay and become part of the church. They may get saved here. But truly, in the, in the early church, I mean, they were going out and telling people about Jesus. They were doing the signs, they were performing the signs and the wonders out of that love that they had for God and that the love they had for others, and they were, the Lord was adding to the church daily, so it wasn't like, oh, every Saturday when they, on the Sabbath day when they went to the temple, certain people just showed up at the temple. It wasn't once a week that people came to their house, you know, for their house church that they got saved, you know, randomly. No, the disciples, the early church, they were living their lives daily, loving people, and that God was adding to the church daily. And I really believe that that is what the Lord has for us. And um, so... All that to say, how do we now awaken love? And maybe I'll do this message again and maybe go deeper because my notes are um, kind of just, I just kind of started typing things. But um, how do we awaken love? You know, what is the process for awakening love in our lives, in my life? And um, the first thing that I felt uh, the Lord say was we need a revelation of God's love for us. And we've been talking about that more uh, the last couple months, really, um, every time we gather together, we need a, revelations of, a revelation of God's love for us. Like, God loves us. You know, <clears throat> uh, until we truly know the Father's love for us, we can't love like him. 
You know, the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's what I think Romans 5, 5 says. But 1 John 4, 19, it said, uh, John says, we love him because he first loved us. So we can't actually love God or people unless he had loved us first. So we need that revelation of love. Like, God loves you. Everybody say, God loves me. God loves me. Say it again. Let's say it again. God loves me. It might feel weird to say, because <laughs> we know how, you know, we know our stuff, right? God loves you. He loves me. He loves us on our worst day. He loved us before the world was even founded. Jesus chose to die, the Bible says, before the foundations of the earth. He knew everything about us already. Before we even committed the sins, he chose to, to die for us because he loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Jesus could do nothing apart from his father. Uh, first, uh, in John 5.19, Jesus says, uh, then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. You know, Jesus, um, this really goes to the next point as well, but Jesus knew the love the Father had for him. He lived in that love. Uh, Matthew 3.17, when Jesus was baptized, it says, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then on the Mount of Transfiguration, in Mount Matthew 17, 5, it says, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud over... I think it was the Transfiguration. I have to look again. But it says, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. You know, <clears throat> these, the, the father gave his audible voice in these moments to uh, tell the people around him that he loved his son, Jesus. But you know, Jesus lived in that love because he says, I can do nothing of the Father. I can do nothing apart from him and his love. And so that revelation of God's love is so key. It's so key. And the way that we develop that understanding and that truth and live in that truth is really by just committing ourselves to being with Jesus on a daily basis throughout the day making it our custom, just as it was Jesus' custom, to get away in what? Silence and? Solitude? Yeah, silence and solitude. To take those moments to stop and to be with Jesus and to remember his cross, that he loves us in spite of all the things we have done and will ever do. He loves us. The next uh, thing, how do we awaken love, is we need unity with God. And so these points kind of go together. We need unity with our Father, with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes uh, we just say God, which is perfectly fine. But I, I like to kind of separate them because they are a trinity. And the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are perfectly unified and one, and yet each one functions in these capacities where the Father is our Father. And we need to be unified with him as our dad. And Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, our best friend, our older brother. He is our Savior, our Redeemer, and we need to be unified with him. We need to be unified with the Holy Spirit 
inviting the Holy Spirit to govern our minds and to lead us and to guide us. And so <clears throat> Jesus said, again, in John 15, 5, um, I'm sorry, in the uh, other verse here, John 5, 19, he could do nothing of the Father. And he says in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. What does that really mean? Like, what does nothing really mean? Nothing. Sometimes we think we can do things without God. I mean, I do. The Lord has been kind of working on me in this. Not kind of, he has been. We really can literally do nothing. Like, absolutely. We think we can, like, wake up and, you know, go about our day. But, like, he is the one who makes our lungs breathing, like our blood keep pumping. It's him. Hands down. There's nothing else. We can't do it. You can't wake yourself up. It's him who wakes us up. We might set our alarm, but there's no reason that we have to hear it. Right? So I've been trying to like do little things like, Father, uh, I can do nothing without you. And I want to be unified without you. So I'll even ask him like, what shirt should I wear today? Thanks to Rory, I'm kind of trying to start wearing uh, like solid color shirts. He said, you need to wear those solid color shirts. They, they look good on you. I was like, okay, all right, I'll give it a try. Gives you a, it makes you look more authoritative. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. The plaid is for other times. I'm going to wear this solid color shirt. No, but I asked the Lord, you know, like, you know, what, do I, what, what should I wear? Sometime, and, and he'll tell me, you know. I'll wake up in the morning, not look at the weather, and he'll say, it's going to be cold this morning. Wear something warm. I'll say, okay. You know? How far do you want to take it? You know, I don't know. When I was young, when I, when I first started like, trying to practice the presence of God more and, and be unified with him and have this uh, mindset that he's with me and that I'm with him at all times, I did this thing where I'd get in my car and in the, driver, in the passenger seat, I would like, take everything out of the passenger seat and slide it all the way back, and I would just say, Jesus, I want you to ride in the car with me. And obviously, I have to drive because, you know, he's not going to drive the car, right? But just for my own sake, I would say, Jesus, me and you are going to the store together. We're going to work together. And I'd actually buckle the seatbelt. <laughs> like, imagine Jesus. It just helped me. And so, you know, whatever it takes for you to help you to imagine and to keep your mindset that I am with God, God is with me, he loves me. I want to be in unity with him. I don't want to do anything apart from him because I can't do anything apart from him anyways. The more we do those things, the more we're going to see our love awaken because you become like the one that you're with. The one that you spend the most time with in life is the one you're going to become like. And we tell this to young kids, right? You know, be careful who your friends are. Why? Because you're going to become like your friends. Well, it's true. It's true. And so we, the more that we are with Jesus and spending time with him and with our Father and with the Holy Spirit together as one, the more our love is going to awaken and the more we're going to have compassion for the people around us and the more we are going to be able to walk in the believer's authority and see people come to know Jesus and pray and see miracles take place have the, that our faith, when we're with him in that love, our faith works by love. So if we're with him in that love, 
it's going to build our faith to where we say, we're going to do, I'm going to lay my hands on you. I feel right now, I need to lay my hands on you and pray. Right? So, we need to be unified with the Father. I have three more points, but I don't want to get into them because I, I'm going, I, uh, I would like to spend more time on them. I believe that they are, um, I don't want to rush through them. So, to start this, this, um, <clears throat> this message that I'm preaching here, I'm just going to go with those two. Awakened love awakens the believer's authority. Jesus always operated in love, and it is what caused him to care for people, to be able to go and do signs, wonders, and miracles, and lead people to himself. And the more that we awaken that love by spending time with our Father, getting a revelation of his love for us, and living in that love with him, in unity with him, our love will begin to awaken, and we will begin to see our hearts filled with more compassion, our ability to respond to people that are unloving around us, to be able to respond to them with compassion and love, and, yes, perform signs, miracles, and wonders in the name of Jesus and lead people to him. Amen? Amen. Does that all make sense? Yes? Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, so I don't really, I didn't have a plan for closing today, so... Uh, Sydney, can you come up and play? And we'll just kind of close in prayer. And um, let's just think about these, these, these thoughts. Awaken love. And <clears throat> let's take some time this morning to simply ask the Father to awaken his love in us. You know, uh, it was so funny, like, at this prayer conference, you know, we're talking about, like, I want to pray more. But a lot of times you don't feel hungry to pray. Right? Who are, you know, Anybody ever feel like, I don't feel like praying. I don't really feel like reading my Bible today. I don't feel like doing this or that, right? And um, sometimes you need to have like a hunger and a thirst to do those things, a desire. And a simple point, they were like, just begin asking the Lord to give you that hunger, to stir that up. And I was like, oh yeah, like I don't have to stir it up myself. I can simply go to my Father and go to Jesus and say, Father, I want to be like you. I ask you to begin to stir up a desire in me to pray. And so it was so simple. So this morning, let's just uh, take a moment by ourselves and just ask the Lord to stir our hearts to love like him and to have that compassion that Jesus had so that way we can walk the way Jesus walked. Amen? Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we thank you so much for loving us. You sent your one and only Son to die on the cross for us so we could know you personally, deeply, and know the Father, be filled with your Holy Spirit, be one with you. And we take this moment, Father, right now to humble ourselves before you. Lord, I ask you to convict our hearts gently the way you always do in your love. Show us the areas that we need to surrender to you and ask forgiveness for, for not loving. And we also ask you right now in this moment as we spend time with you to stir up our hearts, to love, awaken your love inside of us, the love that you shed abroad in our hearts, Father. We ask you to awaken it. 
Jesus' name. Let's just take a few minutes here. Father, you are so good to us. We love you, Jesus. I just want to speak a word over you guys. That the Lord loves you. The Father says, I love you. And I have shed my love in your heart all over you. And I want to read Psalm 139 to all of us here and take comfort in the words that David says <clears throat> speaking 
Lord. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Jesus loves us. God loves us. His thoughts for you are only good. Father, we surrender to your love. Lord, in verse 23 and 24, we pray right now, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting, in the way of your everlasting love. Jesus, thank you for loving us. We surrender to your love. Awaken your love in each of us. In me, Father, awaken your love in me so that I can care and have compassion for people and not look away when I see someone that might, I don't know, annoy me or whatever it may be, but just to care for people, Father, to love them like you, to see their worth, Father. Forgive me, cleanse me. Show me how to love like you. Show us how to love like you. And Father, we ask you to unify us in your love. In Jesus' name. Um, If anybody needs prayer this morning, uh, we do have some prayer teams that will be up here. If you do not know Jesus, please come up front here and see me. If you feel a stirring in your heart and sense that you want to know God, you want to know this love that we're talking about, just please come up front and speak with me, and I will lead you in uh, how to enter into that love and know God personally. So, all right. Love you guys. Uh, Keep Pastor Jason and their family in prayer, and I can't wait to see you guys next week. So, I love you.